Back the end of November, after I had gotten out of the hospital with a heart issue, my wife and I both had bronchitis. And now, since the first of the year, we've been dealing with COVID and found out about 10 days ago that my wife also had pneumonia. So it was really kicking our behinds. Uh, I think I've bounced back to maybe 90%, uh, but my wife is still really dealing with some issues and just no energy, gets tired so easily. Uh, and I don't have to go into a lot of detail, but it's just really caught us off guard. Uh, praise the Lord, two of our sons just live a few miles away from us and they're able to help out. Oh, and I almost forgot, uh, on the 2nd of January, we had uh, frozen water pipes to add to that. Um, my point is, we never know what lies ahead, the good, the bad, or the ugly. We just need to be as ready as possible. And sometimes it's really difficult. You know, sickness is something you really can't plan for. It just happens. Uh, frozen pipes, well, they froze last year, and I, I should have been better prepared this year. Uh, I admit that, and I will be better prepared before next year. And nights that it's gotten down into the teens, we've kept the cupboards open and the water dripping uh, to hopefully alleviate that problem. But we're given some wisdom about such things in Proverbs 30, verses 24 and 25. It says, Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. Okay, and I guess we need to be more like the ants uh, and try to be prepared. Or like that pesky squirrel that's digging up some of the spring bulbs that I've planted. The Boy Scout motto is, be prepared. You know, I think those are pretty wise words as well. Let's pray. Father, we just give you thanks and praise uh, for this day. Lord, I give you thanks for the opportunity to bring your message to your people. And Lord, I just pray that you'll open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits. And Lord, that the Holy Spirit will speak to us and bring the message that you want. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're almost at the end of January already. So how are your resolutions going? You know, I decided years ago, the best resolution that I can make is don't make any. Uh, like many before, I was going to lose weight and I was going to read more, be kinder, uh, use my time better. Uh, I have been reading more, uh, what I term as recreational reading, uh, Fiction, what I've been reading a lot of is fiction uh, connected with history. Uh, Bill O'Reilly's books, uh, Brian Kilmeade's books, uh, others that uh, are telling a, a story uh, and throwing some fiction in here and there. Uh, I used to just read what I needed to read to be preparing for a message. You know, resolutions really don't mean much. Uh, unless we, you know, start and plan ahead to do them. Um, but we need to make sure that we uh, 
make some changes in our lives that we see need to come. It doesn't have to be part of a New Year's resolution. Uh, it can start in October or June or whenever. Um, when I turned 60, uh, I decided I needed to get in better shape. And so I started eating better and going to the gym five, six days a week and lost weight and was in the best shape I'd been since I went through basic training. Uh, you know, my wife and I, we watch a lot of HGTV and these fix-it programs. You know, fix this and expand that, you know, knock down walls and, and all of that. Uh, usually they're about people buying a house that needs work or maybe they've lived in a house for a long time and it just isn't meeting their needs and so they need to do something. Uh, you know, new carpet, paint, you know, redo bathrooms, kitchens, uh, curb appeal. And they spend tens of thousands of dollars. You know, some of these, you know, these people that are going to do the fixing up will go in and, you know, say, well, what's your budget? You know, 150000 you know. 170,000, 120,000. I'm thinking, really? I wish. So taking care of something old and making it seem new, you know, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But when it comes to you and I, uh, we're not a DIY project. God isn't going to settle a, for a new version of the old you. Uh, some of you probably know where this is going. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 16 through 19. Okay, Paul tells us, So, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Like verse 17 says, the old is gone. Okay, the new has come and the old is gone. We're not refurbished, renovated, reconditioned, remodeled, upgraded, updated, refurbished, refreshed, improved, rebuilt. No, we're made new. Okay, you're going to look the same, but you may carry yourself a little differently and you may smile a little more often. And we'll talk the same. Uh, maybe our language will be cleaned up if that was necessary. And we think the same, but hopefully some of those old thoughts are gone. But that's really something to celebrate. I mean, you're new, okay? Because most of us, we really didn't like the old us anyways. And we have been longing for new. And so through Christ, you got it. So listen to what the Lord tells us in Isaiah 43, beginning in verse 18. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing, some, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? 
I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. God is doing a new thing in his people. And who's that? You and me. Okay, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that's talking to you. Okay, we are God's new thing when we give our lives to him. He makes us ready for what lies ahead of us. Okay, first he says in verse 18, forget the former things. Okay, you know, forget your past life. You know, forget that you were abusive. Forget that you were jealous, forget that you were prideful, forget that you were an addict, you know, forget all of that, okay? That's not who you are anymore, okay? You're no longer impatient and selfish and jealous and addicted and proud and, and all of that, unless you choose to be. But God has taken all of that away from you, the former things, okay? That's the old you. Now, you're the new you. In verse 20, the Lord says, I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wastelands. I give drink to my people, my chosen. Where else have we heard about the Lord providing water? In John 4, the encounter between Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, verses 13 and 14, Jesus answered, says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Water in the wilderness of our lives, changing our lives, changing from the old to the new. Okay, we find some more wisdom, of course, in the book of Isaiah. Verse 62, or excuse me, chapter 62, verse 2. It says, The nations will see your vindication, and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. There was a young woman that we met and got to know fairly well back a few years ago, and her name was Brooke. And once she became a Christian, she changed her name to Brooka. Uh, I think her middle name was Anne, so it was Brooke Ann. Uh, so she, but she changed her name and goes by Brooka. Now, I'm sure on legal documents, she would have to go Brooke unless she legally changed it. But there's a new name that we can all be called by, and that's Christian. Okay, we may have been called loser, unwanted, a mistake, a problem, but now we're called by a new name because we're a child of God. Now we're called Christian, born again, Christ follower, born from above. You know, now we have a new name. Okay, I mean, when I became a believer, October second, nineteen seventy-seven, I didn't change my name from Donald. I like, I kept it, but you know, I guess if I had known at the time. You know, maybe I would have said, you know, Lord, what is my new name? You know, what do you want me to be known as, known by? Well, 
the writer of the Book of Lamentations has some more wisdom about who we are. Beginning in verse 19, it says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. A lot of good stuff in these verses. Okay, 19 and 20 about remembering the past. Okay, we're told that back in Isaiah 43:18. Forget that stuff. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. And then in Lamentations 3:23, the author speaks about the Lord's compassion, new every morning. Okay, every day is a new beginning. No matter how bad you messed up yesterday or last week, okay, today you can start new with the Lord. God says, yesterday, you know, that, that really wasn't one of your, your best days, was it? So let's get started new today. Okay, and the Lord says, you ask me for forgiveness and here we are, we're good to go. That's the kind of new that we have in God. Let's move to the New Testament, okay? In John 13, Jesus starts trying to get his disciples <laughs> to understand what's coming, trying to prepare them for his arrest, his beating, his crucifixion, and his resurrection. He's talked about it before, but they just don't seem to get it. Okay, in John 13, Verse 21, it says, Jesus is saying, Jesus had said, Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. Now, the disciples are all wondering, who could that possibly be? I mean, who would betray the Messiah? Come on, we've been with this guy for three years now, and, you know, we've learned so much, and he's taught us so much. And, you know, who's going to betray him? Well, a short time later, Judas goes out to do just that. Then in verse 33, Jesus gives them another clue as to what the future holds. He says, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. Well, that, I'm sure, added more mystery for the disciples. And then in the next verses, he says this, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Okay, in telling him this, Jesus is actually quoting Leviticus 19 when God said, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Okay, 
we find this thought in other places throughout the gospel. Okay, Jesus is making old new. Jesus is telling this to his disciples, his circle of friends, to his, his ones that he's closest to. He said it before to the crowd and to the Pharisees about loving your neighbor as yourself. And that's different because now he's saying to this circle of friends, love like I have loved you. These 11 men have been with him for three years, seeing how he loved. Now he's saying something new to them, something intimate. Okay, what he's really saying is, you've experienced my love throughout the time that we've been together. Now, I want you to live what you have seen. Jesus wants the same thing for you and me. Live what we have read in the Gospels, what we have experienced. You know, we can read about times when the disciples disagreed and argued with one another. And Jesus says, no more. Show only love to one another. In Mark 2, Jesus was being questioned about fasting. The Pharisees fast. John's disciples, they fasted. And he's asked, well, why don't your disciples fast? This is his response in Mark 2, beginning in verse 19. How can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. Jesus is pointing out how the old and the new cannot coexist in this case. Cain, you can't use new material and sew it onto an old pair of jeans and expect, after you've washed those jeans, to look the way that you thought they were going to look. No, because that new material you sewed on there is now going to have shrunk, you know, while the old stuff had shrunk a long time ago. So he's letting his questioners know that he is the new and the old will cease to exist. He's not disregarding the Old Testament. He's not disregarding the law. He's just saying that he is the new covenant. Listen to what John tells us in Revelation chapter 21, beginning in the first verse. John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death 
or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. This is a fulfillment what Jesus was talking about in Mark chapter 2, the new replacing the old. And that's what happens when you give your life to Christ. Okay, you're the new person, the old person. Forget that guy, forget that woman. Okay, that's not who you are anymore. That's who you were for 15 years, for 97 years, but not anymore. Well, I know that's a lot. And so I encourage you to check out more about this. But I'm going to close with a song that I know I've used the refrain before, but not the verses. And it goes like this. Verse 1. I was once a sinner, but I came pardoned to receive from my Lord. This was freely given, and I found that he always kept his word. I was humbly kneeling at the cross, fearing not by God's angry frown, when the heavens opened and I saw that my name was written down. In the book tis written, saved by grace, oh, the joy that came to my soul. Now am I, now I am forgiven, and I know by the blood I am made whole. And the chorus goes like this. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. And the white-robed angels sing the story. A sinner has come home. For there's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. With my sins forgiven, I am bound for heaven, nevermore to Rome. Let's pray. Father, I give you thanks for my brothers and sisters that know you and love you, that have been following your, your son for a week, for 50 years. But Lord, sometimes we wonder if maybe we still have a lot of that old person in us. Lord, let us know that the old is no more and the new has come. And we need to cling to that. And we need to show that love that Jesus showed to us. And Father, if there's anyone that may be listening that, that doesn't know you, Lord, let them know that they can become new as well. That Jesus is just waiting for them to surrender their life to him and to realize that he can make them new. And nothing or no one else can do that. Only Jesus. And Lord, let him pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. Thank you for Jesus, who died for my sins and rose from the dead. Thank you for my new life. Lord, help me to follow your Son. In Jesus' name, amen.